Thank you for listening to the Ablaze Church Sermon Podcast. Our purpose at Ablaze is to love God, love others, follow Jesus, and tell others. If you are looking for a church home in the Tulsa area, we'd love to have you join us for worship on Saturdays at 6.30 p.m. or Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, please visit our website at ablazechurch.org. Dr. Spomer and I have been in this series about households. Three weeks ago, I spoke to you about how do you deal with dysfunction in a household caused by sin. We learned from Jacob that no matter what happens to us in life, all the terrible things and bad things, God's still in charge. And Jacob taught us to put on the but God glasses. No matter what happens, the world may want to hurt you, but God will see you through. Two weeks ago, I spoke to you on Pentecost about the disciples who gathered together. And they put on those but God glasses, but they also taught us this, to be manifested with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit and His power means we speak in the language that God has given to us, the mighty works of God. And that's what the disciples did. And through that gospel message, people came to the Lord. Last week, Dr. Spomer spoke to you here on Trinity Sunday about what we have to do. Put on the God glasses. We have to speak about the mighty works of God, but we have to publicly proclaim the God that Christians worship. What separates us from any other religion on earth is our God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, co-equal. He created us to be triune. We have a body, soul, and mind. And like our God, we are three, but yet one also. Today, I want to speak to you about a father who kind of puts it all together for us. It's a father found in the Old Testament. His name is Joshua. Now, today we live in a day and age where fathers are kind of looked at as secondhand, not as influential, you might say, as the mother is, not to put aside mothers, okay? But I wanna share with you some amazing statistics and what they say to us today about fathers. Listen to these statistics. And they come from households where there is no father, a fatherless household. 85% of the youth currently in prisons today grew up in fatherless households. 70% of state-operated um, facilities for correction for youth, 70% come from fatherless households. To drop out of school in high school, you're twice as likely to do that if you come from a fatherless household. You're twice as likely as a girl to be obese as a teenager, if you come from a fatherless household, four times more likely to get pregnant by the age of 20 in a fatherless household. This one's really scary. 75% of rapists claim emotional difficulties because they come from a fatherless household. 
90% of youth who run away from the home come from fatherless households. Mm. If a mother takes her children without the father to church regularly, the children have a 20% or less chance of going to church regularly. Now, if you're listening to my voice or your mother here without a father in the household, keep going. Don't stop. You can beat those statistics. But if a father brings the children to church regularly without the mother, and the mother doesn't go, there's a 66% chance that the children will regularly go to church. If a mother and a father bring their children to church regularly, there's a 75% chance that children will go to church regularly. What I'm trying to tell you is fathers have great influence on children and parents together do. Today we're going to take a look at a father and what he says about his household. His name is Joshua. He's a great leader and historian. And he's a great challenger to the people. But above all, he's a good father. Open up your Bible once again with me as we take a closer look at Joshua. This morning we started out with these words from Joshua. Now, therefore. <laughs> now, why does he say now, therefore? Because in the first 13 verses he gives a history lesson about all that the Heavenly Father has done for all of us, or at that time, those people. Starting with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, through Moses. See, it's Joshua, who when Moses passed on, led the children of Israel into the Promised Land, conquered all the enemies in the Promised Land, and the land was split up between the 12 tribes, and they have all this land now and all this victory. And this is what he says. Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and faithfulness. Now what does it mean to fear the Lord? It's not based upon rules and regulation or the fear of punishment. It's based upon the love and the grace of God that showered upon these children who rejected him again and again, worshiped the golden calf, but God led them, forgave them, embraced them, and fulfilled his promise to them. And they now inherited the land. It was based upon grace. The fear of the Lord was in awe, reverence, and honor of God and all that he has done for them. It is Joshua who mentions Moses. I'm going to remind you of an incident in the Bible when God gave the Ten Commandments. He shook a mountain and he spoke to many believers, two million people. And when they heard the voice of God, they were so humbled. They were in such awe of God's greatness and what God has done brought them out of the land of slavery that the people said to Moses, Tell you what, Moses, we don't want to hear God's voice again. <laughs> Such awe and reverence. But let God speak to you and you speak to us and that'll be fine. 
And when God heard this from the people, you know what God said? Ah, if only their hearts were always like this, that they would fear me and obey my commandments. For if they would, then it'll be well with them from generation to generation forever. Think about that. But did they do that? No. And that's why Moses says these words. Hear, O Israel. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. May these words I speak to you, Moses said, be in your heart. Teach them diligently to your children. Talk to your children. When you walk with them, when you sit with them, when you lie down and you rise, diligently and sincerely deal with the children. And listen to how Joshua says it, who spoke about Moses. He says it this way. Put away the gods that your father served beyond the river and Egypt and serve the Lord. Now, you can't love the Lord. Uh, excuse me, you can't serve the Lord by just loving him. To be devoted to someone or to be devoted and fear the Lord, you've got to love him and spend time with him. To be a devoted Spouse, you got to love and spend time with your spouse. To be the devoted father or mother, you got to love your children and spend time with your children. To fear the Lord is to love the Lord and spend time with him. And he says, put away those gods because you know it will rob your time with God. Idols in your life. False gods in your life. And don't sit here today and think you don't have any problems with idols. An idol is anything you put before God. I wrote down a few of the idols that match up with many idols found in the Bible. I'm going to just read them off. You'll understand how these become so important to people. Food. Alcohol. Drugs. Pleasure. Money. Property. Job. Physical appearance. Entertainment. Sex. Comfort, technology, family, fame. It is the devil who uses multimedia, the television, the radio, magazines, series to influence you to worship these idols and athletes and whoever they can put before you. The devil uses that. And when you put anything before God, you diss God. So what's the counter to this? What has God done to make sure that we aren't so influenced and broken so easily by the devil's temptation? He has put you into a family. That when you come together, you're much stronger. And he has put families into the church. That when families come together and individuals come together as part of the household of God, you become stronger spiritually. Yeah. You're in a family here this morning. You're in part of the church. Thank God it makes you stronger. Now listen to the words of Joshua. Put away those gods. Verse 15. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, be dedicated to the Lord. 
choose this day whom you will serve. We all make choices. And then our choices make us. If you choose the gods of this world, that's on you. But if you choose the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that's on the Holy Spirit. Because you have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. And the overflow of the Holy Spirit in your life, like Jiffy Pop, is to serve, to forgive, to love and to serve God and to choose what's right. The Holy Spirit is the counselor, the comforter to help you with that. Know this, your choices make you. Choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your father served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. You know whose land you dwell in? There's a lot of gods. And this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. I have it laid down in concrete on my back deck. So when my children come to my house, they go to the back deck. Deck, this is what they read. <clears throat> but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Mm. Amen. What a, a theme to live by. But for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. That's a good, good Father, is it not? It's no different than Moses who spoke to the people. Hear, O Israel, teach this diligently to your children when you walk with them, sit with them, rise with them, and lie with them. Now, what does that look like? We have to put on the but God glasses. We have to speak about the mighty works of God. That's Pentecostal. We got to proclaim our God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But we also have to show and tell everybody who will listen to us. And especially the children. Especially the children. Suffer the little children to come unto me, Jesus said. What does that look like? I'd like to show you. It looks like this. Just because you're male doesn't make you a man. Just because you have children doesn't make you a father. But to be a good biblical father and you build a biblical household, it begins with fear of the Lord, the beginning of wisdom. And that has to be shown to our children. And we have to tell our children, it looks like this when you're talking to a child. I just want you to know, son, I should not have said that to your mother. I'm told by God to honor and to respect, and I didn't do that to your mother. I'm not perfect, and I apologize to your mother, and she has forgiven me. Will you forgive me? Son, I want you to know I love you with all my heart, all my soul, and my mind. But I love one more than even you and your mother. For he's the one who gave me your mom and you to raise in the fear of the Lord. And I fear the Lord and I love him. 
I want you to know I love you, but there's one who loves you more. His name is Jesus. And he died on the cross for your sins. He died so we could be forgiven and forgive one another and so that we could go to heaven together. When you speak to children, do you come to their level? Or do you speak down to them? Now you know what Moses was saying. Teach this to your children because when you're with your children, you walk with them, you sit with them, you lie with them, and then you rise with them. What does that look like? Well, if you're devoted to your children, you love them and you spend time with them. Do you walk with your children and your grandchildren? One of the things my little grandchild Ari loves to do with her opa is go for a walk. We walk the dogs. And what we love to do is find feathers and pick up trash. And so when I say, Ari, let's go for a walk, we go and I see all those ducks out there and I say, let's pray to Jesus that we'll find a lot of feathers today. And we pray and guess what? We find a lot of feathers. When I take a trash bag and put it in my pocket, I said, Ari, let's go look for, let's get a lot of garbage. And she goes, okay. And I say, dear Jesus, may we find a lot of garbage today and help us to clean up the neighborhood and we go find garbage, and we talk about Jesus who helped us find garbage. I talk about my God to my grandchildren. I've done it all my life when I had the privilege to raise children because children are so active, so busy. They're friends. They got activities. I found raising five children. The only time I could really get and sit with them and speak to them, it was at night. So I made sure that before we went to bed, I'd sit down with them and do a devotion. They'd see me read the Bible and I'd have them read the Bible. But then I'd continue with that. I'd say, let's go for a midnight walk. A midnight walk? It's dark out, Daddy. Yeah, let's go. And we'd go see the moon and say, look what Jesus did. That moon is beautiful, the stars. And I said, it might be scary out here walking, but Jesus is with us, and you could just see him. He'll protect us. Oh. When we'd lie down, I'd shut off all the lights. And it'd be perfectly dark in a room. We'd find the darkest room in the house. And so the only thing my children could hear was my voice and their voice, and we'd talk about Jesus and what he did for us this day. And their attention was on words. Now, I'm not a perfect father. And I know you're not a perfect father or mother. But no matter what, we can get better at whatever we do. We can sit with them. We can drive in the car with them. We can talk to them. You have a voice. You can be Pentecostal people and share the good news with children because they need to hear it. As Joshua said, for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Now I'm going to, I've been personal with you, but can I have a few minutes and get personal with my stepson, Chris, and my, not my stepson, excuse me, <laughs> my uh Son-in-law, Chris, and my son-in-law, Matthew, and my son, Jeremiah, 
and my son Tony because they might be listening to me today. It's Father's Day. Do not let the gods of the world, entertainment, the gods and idols of money and pleasure and time interfere with teaching my grandchildren to fear the Lord. You'll drive across town to the hospital to shop, to go to a movie. You better be willing to drive across town and make them a part of a church family where they'll become stronger because they're gifts from God to you. Thank you for letting me say that to the men in my life that are raising my children. Hopefully, they'll raise them as I did to the best of our ability. Now, I'm going to get personal with you. This building was built not for you. This building was built for a Blaze Christian Academy. It's not a preschool. It's a discipleship program. It's the mighty works of God in this neighborhood. Oh, you're a part of it. And you get to use this building. But this is the mighty work of God because it's people in this community who bring their children to this location and they hand them over to us and they say, teach my children, love my children. We don't go into the community. The community comes to us. Pentecost. The disciples did not go into the community. The community came to the disciples because of the mighty works of God. They heard the rushing sound and they saw the flame. They didn't move. The people came to them from all over. People come to us here and say, teach our children. This is a discipleship program here where we teach children to pray. We teach them about Jesus. And all you have to do is come to one chapel service in this location and you'll know it's a discipleship program. All you have to do is come to one Christmas pageant where 40 children stand up here and sing about the real reason for Christmas and their parents and their grandparents come from the community. You'll see it's a discipleship program and when children and parents and grandparents learn about the real reason for Easter, it's a discipleship program and we better be so proud of it. Because we can build on it. We can get better at it. We got four vacant acres. And we can build a program where the children are so happy to come here. Their parents are so overwhelmed by the love we share for their children and how we pray for them, how we reach out to them. They're going to say, wow, let's remain there. Let's stay there. Let's be a part of that group who loves and teaches so sincerely and so diligently. And we can build Sunday school rooms, maybe a kindergarten room, a first grade, and we can build an edifice to the glory of God where people in this community will say, wow, what a program. We see how dedicated and devoted they are and what fire they have for serving the Lord 
And you get to be a part of that. I want to give you a little history lesson. There are folks who worship in our Tulsa campus who dedicated themselves in 2009 to this, hands together, building a children's endeavor. I want you to know I'm 100% dedicated to that. The folks in our East Tulsa campus voted last week to come and join us here. Be a part of this magnificent, mighty work of God in this community where the community comes to us. They come into our Christian world and say, will you teach my child and love my child and tell them about Jesus? I'm so excited about that and I can't wait because it's going to go from generation to generation to generation. And we get to be a part of it because we are surrogate fathers and mothers. <laughs> and I just wanted to share that with you on this Father's Day. I'm not the best father, but I do my best, but I have a heavenly father that has loved me and done so much for me, I can't wait to tell and teach others. And I hope you're ready to do that too. Amen.